right, we're going to go ahead and get our gathering started on this morning. Happy to see everybody on this beautiful rainy day. I want to uh, welcome everyone to uh, the Village Church where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus in all things. And our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Um, if you are a guest today, uh, we want to welcome you. There are uh, a couple of information packets, uh, information cards located outside the sanctuary um, doors in the Narthex area. Uh, please go ahead and fill one of those out. And if you're one of uh, the Village Church faithful and you see a visitor come in uh, during the uh, time of the gathering, be sure that after the gathering you try to get them uh, to those information cards, okay? All right, we want to remind everyone uh, that our nursery is open today. So if you'd like to um, take your children five and under to the nursery, that is available for you. And at the Village Church, we believe that um, the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. Uh, so, may, so you may give uh, to the vision and mission of the Village Church by using the link on our church website, which is www.enterthevillage.net forward slash give or you can mail a check to our physical address which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard Huntsville Alabama 35811 or if you're here live in person uh, you can uh, drop your monies off after the service uh, by dropping uh, your offering in the designated area at the back of the sanctuary that's directly behind the camera back now, the last meeting of this quarter for our village kids and village youth groups will be after the gathering on today. Uh, so I want to go ahead and let you know about that. Uh, we urgently need additional people who are willing to service our church by operating our audio and visual equipment. No experience is needed. Training will be provided, and the commitment is one Sunday per month. Please contact Grace, she raised her hand back there, or Patience, our um, worship director, uh, for more information. Uh, we're going to continue our corporate prayers on Wednesdays, but we have a little bit of a different schedule. Um, as many of you know, the first and third Wednesdays of the month, we will have prayer at 6 p.m., both here at the church and on Zoom like normal, but then on the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month, it will be at 8 p.m. via Zoom only. So that means this Wednesday it will be Zoom only at 8 p.m. Uh, the link and reminders will go out via Flocknote on Tuesdays. Uh, so sign up for Flocknote if you haven't already. Um, so again, this week corporate prayer will be at 8 p.m. on Zoom only. If you're interested in learning more about our church, we encourage you to sign up for our Enter the Village class on the sheet in the Narthex or email the church office. We need to know the number of people attending to have enough material prepared until we have the material on hand. Uh, this class begins September 26th at 9.15 and we'll meet in the Annex. We'll say a little bit more about the uh, Enter the Village class um, toward the end of the gathering today. So those are your announcements. Please govern yourselves accordingly. Please now prepare your hearts and minds for worship.
about a year and a half ago, I heard something that for some reason, you know how someone will say something and you go, oh, wow. And I heard someone in a class and I heard one of the, um, the trainers of this class say, you have the father's smile. She said, you have the father's smile. And for some reason, that just struck me, right? That I am his child. I am his beloved daughter. I am, um, because of Christ, I am now in right relationship with the father. I am no longer his enemy. I have his smile. So that was very powerful to me because it meant that even when I think that I'm messing up or even when I really am messing up, when I have, you know, off days with my kids or with my husband or, you know, in other situations, when things aren't right or I think I'm not performing the way that I should, as his beloved daughter, I have his smile. And so I would like to encourage you as we um, prepare our hearts for worship and sing this song, that you think about that. You have his father's smile. And there is nothing that we can do as children of God to take that away. And that's worth saying amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And that was powerful to me, too, because this is a song that I've known pretty much all my life. And I never, and I always loved that song, but it, it gave it more meaning. That God has smiled on me. He has set me free. He's been good to me. And none of that has anything to do with me. It's just because of his goodness, his faithfulness, his grace, and his mercy. So if you would please stand for our song of meditation, our song of preparation. And just think about those words. God has, you have this morning, on this rainy day, you have the Father's smile. And we can be excited about that. Amen. Amen.
has smiled on me. He has set me free. He's been good to me. And in the words of our pastor, do we believe it? Do we believe it? Our call to worship this morning is from the song, Oh How I Love Jesus. Please join with me where it notes congregation. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Amen. So I have a new song for you this morning. Just jump in where you can. All right.
defeated. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Try that one more time. Good morning, Saints. Amen. Amen. Um, I have the privilege of reading the scripture this morning. This morning's scripture will come from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 21. Let's begin. Then the kingdom of heaven will be likened the virgin who took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. <clears throat> sorry. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. But when the foolish took their lamps, and they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with them, with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at the midnight, there was a, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all, then, all, then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. For our, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealer and buy yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went, went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, and to the other two, and to the other one, and to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the, the, the five talents went at once and traded it with him, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid the master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and, and settled accounts with him. And he who had received the five talents came, for, came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. I come now to a time of confession of sin. I want to piggyback on something that the patient said earlier, though. Um, we have a smile. I heard recently that if there was a refrigerator in heaven, God would have your picture on it. His smile is on us. And we can go to him and confess our sins. Uh, we've sung the enemy's defeated, yet we struggle with sin daily. Uh, 
I'll read this confession of sin from Romans 3, verses 10 and 12. Then we'll have time of silent meditation. Here's God's Word. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one, except our Lord Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for us. Let's go confess our sins in time of silent meditation. Thank you. You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name. Here, assurance of pardon then from Romans 3, verses 21 through 25. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He has not passed over former sins. Praise God for His forgiveness. Continue to worship praise Him for His love for us.
to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to We praise you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. join me in a moment of corporate prayer. Father, Son, Spirit, you are our God, and we live in awe of you, of your grace, your majesty, your wisdom, your might, your mercy. Lord, as we gather to hear your word and to continue to be shaped in the image of Christ, to have our minds and hearts formed in the likeness of the mind of Christ. Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless you. Father, we pray for our world that you loved and expressed that love through Christ's life and death and resurrection. Lord, many challenges here on this planet that you know better than any of us. And Lord, we thank you for the the opportunities we have to to serve you. Opportunities like uh, reflected in the scriptures that we have today. I pray that we not be fearful of serving you, but we like the, uh, the servants with the, the five talents and the three that we, we are willing to risk in order to serve you well and to serve others that you place in our midst. Lord, I pray for the, uh, the Afghanistan refugees that are, some have arrived, but many are en route to our nation, some of whom have already professed faith in you, Lord. I pray that many others do. I pray that we be a a nation that welcomes. But Lord, I also know that many will not do so. We pray that you've gripped the hearts of our church and churches around this nation, around the world, to better reflect you. Father, we pray for our state, and we are grateful that uh, Governor Ivey has uh, expressed a willingness to welcome at least 10 of those refugees in in, uh, Mobile. Lord, we pray for our pastor on his sabbatical that that he continue to wrestle and recuperate. 
We pray for Amos as he prepares to bring uh, your word before us today. We pray for our officers that uh, for wisdom, for unity, for the grace to serve you well. We pray for our congregation and our loved ones and extended friends and family. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the grace and the blessings that you continually bestow on us. And we pray for healing for those who suffer from diseases and other illnesses and conditions. And Lord, we pray for comfort for those whom we've lost. Lord, we thank you and we bless you as we continue to listen to your word and prepare to hear today's sermon. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, we will continue with our uh, scripture reading uh, in Matthew 25 where DeMarco left off, starting in verse 22. And he also, who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the the joy of your master. He He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered not. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I should have received what was my, my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Who to, for to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in the place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who were blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, 
As you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, uh, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these, he, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Here ends the reading of the, gospel, of the message for today, of the scripture for today. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. We are in here today. There's a lot of y'all here today. I think this might be. Uh, oh yeah, that that is true. People come out when it's raining, which is a, which is an interesting thing, right? This might be uh, the largest crowd teetering on it that we've had since COVID, uh, and I am thankful to God for that. So thankful for you all. Who have come out? Um, my name's Amos. I'm not Alex, who, who's the senior pastor. Uh, but somebody told me that I do have to start saying I am one of the pastors here at the church. Uh, and so um, I see that we have a lot of guests here today. And so again, uh, we want to welcome you all to the Village Church. And we're going to be digging into uh, Matthew 25 today. And uh, uh, before we get started, let's uh, let's go to. Uh, to the Lord in prayer, ask him to bless our time. Father in heaven, you see, you know. Uh, God, we want to first start this prayer, this time, uh, by acknowledging your goodness. You are a God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Uh, but you are a God who will by no means clear the guilty. And we will see that in our passage today. We will see how your character is, 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 is played out um, in this passage today. And Lord, I pray that you would illumine all of our hearts and our minds. Spirit, uh, begin now a, a, a fresh work in us that we uh, would see your word as what it is, as truth. And uh, we thank you, and we will be mindful to give you glory and honor. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, uh, we've got uh, a moment to celebrate. Uh, today we are returning to the Olivet Discourse, but we will finish the Olivet Discourse on today. Now, the Olivet Discourse, as we've become familiar if you've been here the past two or three weeks. Uh, the Olivet Discourse covers chapters 24 and 25 of the Gospel of Matthew. Now, I won't do too much review today, 
Uh, but if you care, please go back and listen to the last two sermons on social media or, or on our church website uh, for some context. And I hope uh, those messages are a blessing to you. Now, in the Olivet Discourse, uh, Jesus prophesies catastrophic events that would surely come to pass. In Matthew uh, chapter 24, beginning at verse number 4, through Matthew 25, verse number 46, the Olivet Discourse, Jesus is answering questions that were asked by the disciples way back in uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse number 3. And, it, and they ask these questions. Tell us, speaking to Jesus, uh, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And my brothers and sisters, I want to remind you that Jesus is quite concerned with the disciples' questions here. Uh, but he is primarily concerned, he is more concerned with the faith, the character, and the conduct that his disciples will show during the time of great calamity or the time of great tribulation. And so, my brothers and sisters, as you learned last week, Jesus warns his disciples to stay woke because they do not know when he will return. And again, my brothers and sisters, Jesus' warning continues in Matthew 25, which is our passage today. We're going to cover the entire chapter, again, a lot of verses, and I will try to not be in front of y'all for an hour and a half, right? Uh, the idea today continues from last week. The Lord Jesus wants his church to stay woke. Now, again, before someone says that I'm stretching this idea from chapter 24 into chapter 25, just to be evocative, I want to cover a couple of things. First, you're right. The words stay woke is meant to be evocative. I want to evoke your thinking so you can remember the warning that Jesus gave and you can take it to heart. Second, I want to remind you that this idea of staying woke is not my idea. It's the Lord Jesus' idea from Matthew 24, verse number 42. You can go read it if you don't believe me. But lastly, look at verse number 13 of our passage today. Verse number 13 of chapter 25, it reads, Watch, remember that word, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now this word, watch, this word that is translated as watch in probably your ESV Bible or your NASB or CSV, CSB or NIV, we got so many translations these days, oh, but this word, Translated as watch, uh, I'm preaching from the ESV, is the word gregrite in Greek. And I'm horrible at uh, Greek pronunciations. This is the first time I have ever quoted a Greek word from the pulpit. So y'all got to win today because I never do that. Oh, but this, this word, watch, is the same word, the same exact word, the same form and same part of speech that is translated stay awake in Matthew chapter 24, verse number 42. So this idea of staying awake 
is still present in our text for today. So, my friends, the Lord Jesus wants his church to stay woke because if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Andre Ingram went undrafted in 2007 after playing four years at American University. The Utah Flash selected the six foot three, 190 pound guard in the seventh round of the 2007 NBA G League draft. During the next 11 years, the two time G League three point shooting champion played in 384 career games for Utah and the Los Angeles Defenders and the South Bay Lakers for less than $27,000 per season. The part-time math tutor also played in games for Perth in Australia in 2016. On April 9th of, I believe it was 2018, uh, the Lakers surprised Ingram by calling him up from the G League for the final two games of the season. And Ingram's story garnered worldwide attention after he scored 19 points nailed three of four three-pointers, and blocked three shots to set Staples Center on fire in his nationally televised NBA debut against the Houston Rockets on April 10th. With a hint of gray in his hair, he scored the most points by a Laker in his first career game since Nick Van Exel had 23 in 1993. Why do I share that? story with you. It is because Andre Ingram always dreamed of playing in the NBA. And he was able to accomplish his goal of playing in the NBA after spending 11 whole years in the equivalent to the NBA minor leagues for 11 years because he stayed ready. Perhaps that story didn't land well with you because uh, if you're kind of like me, people get tired of sports analogies and sermons all the time, right? So let me make it relevant for all of us. Our world currently finds itself in the midst of a global pandemic. And in a lot of places, we are required to wear masks. And I've oftentimes seen people riding in their cars with their masks on. I've even done that myself on occasion, because how many times have you gotten out of your car and walked all the way up to the door of the building only to have to turn around because you forgot your mask in the car? The lesson here, my friends, is if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And now, now, my brothers and sisters, I cannot take full credit for this, so I want to thank my brother Russ Daniels. Uh, for helping me to bring this out of the biblical text on today. We had a little bit of an exchange via Twitter, and uh, his uh, exchange was quite helpful. Now, in verses 1 through 13, Jesus, our Lord Jesus, is pictured as a bridegroom in a parable about ten virgins. The bridegroom's arrival has been 
delayed for some unknown reason. Perhaps he knew it was going to take his bride a little time to get ready, so he took his time. But whatever the reason, the bridegroom's arrival was delayed. And during the wait for the the bridegroom's arrival, the bride's wedding party fell asleep. But the bridegroom arrived in the darkest point of the night. Now these ten virgins had all taken their lamps just in case the bridegroom came at night. But we see that five of the virgins were wise and brought extra oil for their lamps, while five others were foolish and didn't bring enough oil. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want us to understand the historical context of this parable. You see, we take things for granted because we can walk over to the nearest wall and hit a switch and let there be light. But this this passage, it takes place in a context uh, before electricity. This was a time before Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. And weddings during this period would sometimes consist of long processions from the home of the bride's father to the home of the bridegroom's. Oftentimes, these processions would take place at night to avoid bandits and thieves. So this was a period where not having a lamp with sufficient oil could mean life or death. Now, our passage says in verse 6 that in the middle of the night, a loud shout was announced, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And the bridal party arose and trimmed their lamps, but some realized that they had an insufficient amount of oil for their lamps, so they asked the other bridesmaids for oil. My brothers and sisters, isn't that just like people? Isn't that just like folks? Isn't, isn't that how we do? Now, my sons do that, right? They'll eat all of their food and then come and ask me for mine. Y'all, 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 ain't got, y'all, y'all don't have kids, so y'all don't know nothing about that. But since the bridesmaids had insufficient oil, they had to prepare, they had to try at least to prepare themselves at the last minute. But there was no time. They were left behind. And when they finally arrived to the wedding feast, they were not allowed in. That seems a bit cruel, right? Seems a bit cruel to leave these women outside at night, right? But I want you to think about it a little bit more practically than that, right? How many of you would open your front front door after midnight for someone you did not know. Think about that. So again, my brothers and sisters, the message that we're supposed to understand uh, from verses 1 through 13 is for us to stay ready. The uh, Apostle Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.15, it tells us that we should always be ready to give an answer for the hope we have within us. Now, in verses 14 through 30, Jesus is pictured as a master who goes on a long journey and leaves his wealth to his servants. This is no ordinary trip 
no ordinary vacation that happens in verse 14. It is a journey where a significant amount of time elapses. This takes months, if not years. I want us to think about it practically this way. If this parable were to have taken place in modern times, the master would have to be gone long enough for his 401k to double. Now, every now and then, some crazy things happen in the market, and people can double their retirement overnight. But as we all know, that's not typical. It can take years for your 401k to move just a little bit. And I also want us, I want us to see something else quite significant about this parable. Uh, because later on in the parable, uh, one of the servants is going to mischaracterize the master. Uh, but this parable is supposed to help us to see that this master was both wealthy, he had money, but he was generous with his money. Now, the Greek word translated as property in verse number 14, can also be used to talk about a person's very existence, the the substance of their existence. Now, I don't want to overstate the connection uh, between this, this word that has a range of meaning, but it is apparent that this man left much, if not all, of his belongings in the trust and care of his servants. If these servants squander his property, he could be financially ruined. Listen to this about a talent. So when the text says talent, it's not talking about your your gift to play the piano or shoot a basketball or to calculate uh, things in your head very quickly. Uh, but but a talent uh, was a was a measurement of money during this period. Listen to this about uh, a talent. A talent was worth 6,000 denarii. A denarii uh, whose value uh, varied from time to time uh, and from place to place was actually worth an entire day's wages. This is 6,000 days, one talent was worth 6,000 days' wages. My brothers and sisters, what is this passage trying to teach us about the precious gospel that we carry? How great a responsibility the church has to share the good news that the Lord Jesus has come and died to save sinners like you and me. So to his servants, this master gave various amounts according to their ability. So, see, this master, he knew what each of his servants was capable of. So he didn't place unrealistic expectations on them. Two of the servants returned their master's property with interest. And they were given much more. But one of the servants... He didn't use what the master had gave him wisely. He hid it and then gave a petty mischaracterization of his master as the reason for not using what his master gave him. Look at verses 24 and 25. 
the servant says, He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Listen to the little bit of snark that the master replies with. He says, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My brothers and sisters, this servant was not found faithful and he was not found Wise, which is a glimpse, it is a pointing back to what Jesus warned his disciples about in chapter 24, verses 45 through 51, which talks about the wise and faithful servant. The one who is found unfaithful will be stripped of what the master gives and will be cut off from the grace of the master. So my brothers and sisters... What will you do with what the Lord has given you? Will you proudly and boldly use your gifts and abilities to share his gospel? Will you live a life unashamed of the gospel no matter the cost? Will you use what you have to bring glory and honor to God? Because he has promised, God has promised much for those of us who have been faithful over what he gives us. Now verses 31 through 46 shows us Jesus as the judge who loves justice. So first we saw Jesus as a bridegroom. Then we saw Jesus as a generous master. Now we see Jesus as a judge who loves justice. My brothers and sisters, we serve a loving and faithful God who is gracious to all people. But we also serve the creator and master of the universe who hates evil and sin and who loves justice. And that's something that we can celebrate as the people of God. We can rejoice that God is a just God. There is There is no verdict that he will ever get wrong. He will never give a penalty that is too severe for the for the transgression that was committed. There is no crime, no sin, no evil, no rape, no murder, no molestation that will go unpunished. My brothers and sisters, all sin will endure the wrath of God. And for those who are the children of God, his wrath was poured out on Christ on our behalf. The cup of God's wrath was poured out on Jesus at Calvary and he drank it all on behalf of us, his children. But the sins that 
did not meet the wrath of God at Calvary will be punished in hell. My brothers and sisters, hell is a, re, is a real place. All you have to do is go back and read this passage. Jesus believed in hell. So if your Lord believed in hell, you ought to believe in it too. Uh, the, but uh, uh, the Lord Jesus will come on, uh, on the, the last day and he will come in his glory and separate the children of God from the children of wrath. And our passage demonstrates one of the metrics that our Lord Jesus will use to separate the children of God from the children of wrath, the sheep from the goats. And my brothers and sisters, this metric is how seriously we as the children of God took his justice. I'm going to let that sit for a while. Because it got real silent just then. Because here's why. I know the woke police are going to come for me online after they hear this. But let's look at the text. Look at verses 34 through 40. The Lord Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. Thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you. As you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So our Lord Jesus, my brothers and sisters, in this passage, so completely identifies with the least of these that he says, when you do justice to the least of these, you do it to me. So one of the tests of our faithfulness will be how we pursue justice for the least of these. And my brothers and sisters, this is not some uh, modern, uh, you know, uh, unbiblical sense of justice. This is biblical justice. And the way that uh, James defines this, this justice, this true and pure religion, he says this in James uh, chapter one, verse 27 religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So my brothers and sisters, you look more like Jesus than ever. When you pursue justice, when you give voice to those who will 
otherwise go unheard. And the reward that we as the people of God receive is to enter into the presence and the joy of our master because our God takes justice seriously. So don't be scared. Don't be afraid that when you talk about justice, uh, people will have certain opinions about you. Justice is from God. Justice is a biblical category. What we as Christians are commanded to do is define justice biblically and pursue justice because our God is a God who loves justice. So don't let the woke police, the CRT police, the, 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 the Christian liberal police, don't let anybody dissuade you from pursuing biblical justice because it is at the heart of our Lord, our God, the creator and master of the entire universe. So my brothers and sisters, just as I said to you last week, I want to encourage you to stay woke. And again, this is not a secular understanding or secular definition of wokeness. We're not playing that game, not here at the Village Church. We're not going to be a part of that. We're going to stay awake to the plan, the purpose of God, so that when our Lord returns, if he returns in our lifetime, we will be ready. And if the Lord tarries, we will be found in the service of Uh, Men and women, boys and girls, we will be found in the service of the least of these because that is what pleases the, the very heart of God. So my brothers and sisters, again, stay woke. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are You are good. You make no mistakes. You are a true and righteous and just judge. And Lord, your your church wants to be found on the side of true and biblical justice. We want to be found... Faithful, we want to be found wise. And so, Lord, we ask that you would evermore continue to reveal to us through your word and through your spirit your heart for the least of these. Lord, find us in service of your kingdom. Find us in service of people who are made in the image and the likeness of of you. Lord, I pray that that would be true of the Village Church, that we would not only be passionate about justice with our Twitter fingers or with our Facebook keyboards, but that we would get up on our feet and that that we would use our hands and our hearts to serve people who are made in the image of God. God, this is what brings you glory. So help us in this moment to stay awake to your purpose, to stay awake to your plan, to 
stay awake to your arrival, but also to stay awake to the needs of our brothers and sisters. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory and honor. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. Please stand with me.
All right, open your Bibles back up. We're going to go into part two. No, I'm, I'm joking completely. And some of y'all actually reach for your Bibles, too. Man, y'all are faithful. Y'all Christian, Christian. Uh, man, that's real good. Anyway, no, I, I stand, as you can, uh, if you have a bulletin, uh, I stand to do a ministry moment about our upcoming uh, Enter the Village class. Uh, now, some of you are familiar with our Enter the Village class. Uh, I think a few of you who are in the room may be signed up for our Enter the Village. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, uh, our Enter the Village class is starting uh, next week at 9.15 a.m., in the annex now the annex is the building that is uh like an elevated trailer um that is adjacent to the church over here um and um we will have various leaders for our um enter the village class sessions uh they will be lead uh, they will be led by our church officers uh there's four or five sessions and we will also um, do a makeup session now. Enter the village church. Uh, excuse me. Enter the village is not a commitment to join the church. Rather, it is uh, an informational um, uh, group of sessions uh, that give you information about the church, kind of lets you know about the denomination that we're a part of. It lets you know about uh, just kind of the way the the it. it it gives you a, a chance to understand more about the vision and the mission of the Village Church. And again, there are going to be, is there four or five sessions? There are five sessions, and we will also have a makeup session as well. And we're going to cover a variety of things. So if you have interest uh, uh, to find out more about the Village Church, this is not, again, this is not a commitment to join the church, uh, but it is an avenue. It is the, the, a prerequisite for joining the church. But if you go through our Enter the Village class, uh, you, you, that, that is not a commitment to join the church. We hope you'll join. We hope that uh, if you go through the Enter the Village class, that means that, you know, you're kind of, you know, uh, bought in and feel led uh, by the spirit to be a part of our body here. Uh, but if anyone uh, at this point or any point throughout the week, um, if you are interested in uh, you know, being a part of the Into the Village class, we still do have that sign up out in the narthex. So you can go ahead and fill that, uh, fill that out, put your information there. Or you can come see one of the officers after the gathering. Uh, that would be me, Larry, Dennis, and DeMarco, uh, uh, the elders, and then we've got deacons and deacons' assistants. Do we have a deacon here today? Ah, yep. Yeah. Uh, we got Benjamin in the back, and we got Anson, who is a deacons' assistant, and we've got Oscar also. And so if you're interested, please see one of us. Um, and see one of us after the service anyway. We just want to talk to you, see how you're doing, see how your life is going. It's it's a beautiful rainy day outside. We just want to know how you're doing, all right? Uh, I think that's pretty much it about Enter the Village, and that will conclude my ministry moment. So if all hearts and minds are clear, let's go ahead and stand, and we will receive the Lord's benediction to his beloved people. I'm going to use my Bible app. I'm not texting, I promise. 
I promise you I'm not texting. Our brothers and sisters, receive the Lord's benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stay woke, my friends.